action. Welcome to Torn Stubs, the trash movie podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk. And Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies. Joshua and I have a big old shared film knowledge, but there are always gaps that need to be filled. So in this episode, Joshua has recommended a film that I've not yet seen. For this episode, Joshua chose Erin Brockovich, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Joshua. It tells the story of Erin Brockovich, played by Julia Roberts, who's an unemployed mother of three who loses a supposed open-shut court case against a doctor who nearly broke her neck in a car accident. She's struggling to pay her bills, so Erin forces the lawyer who lost her case, Ed Masri, played by Albert Finney, to employ her, and she ends up stumbling across a case of corporate corruption that helps her prove her worth. I love this film because I love coming-of-age movies. And this essentially is a coming-of-age film. So even though Erin Brockovich is, we, we assume, kind of in her 30s and has a house and a little family, um, she doesn't really have any direction. She has no real sense of a life. And throughout the course of this film, she discovers those things. Rob. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Hooray! <laughs> I'm going to set off like a little klaxon every time you enjoy a film. <laughs> I enjoy more films than you imagine. Um, no, I, I genuinely did. I thought it was incredibly inspiring. Um, it didn't feel like I was being pandered to or spoon-fed or patronised. Sometimes in these um, inspirational films that are made within the Hollywood studio system, you, are, you almost feel like you are being told what to feel but I don't necessarily feel I was I was kind of being spoon fed in this film I felt that there was enough um negative aspects to her portrayal of Erin Brockovich that she had bite and she wasn't a she wasn't a flat character there was there was a lot of dimensions there you know she's a hothead yeah yeah she's she's like really outspoken she's sharp she's funny She's intelligent. She's not shy. No. And, and she's also like, she's inquisitive. And I think that's a really lovely character trait to have, which is she really genuinely wants to know what's going on with this case. Mm. Um, and that makes her, a, 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 she feels like a well-rounded, I mean, it's based on a real story. So she feels like a real person. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I can imagine that this, this film is almost as close to the reality of what happened that we will ever see in a movie that is based on true events. Yeah, the real Aaron Brockovich says that this film is is pretty much 98 to 99% mm. what really happened in her life. And you're right, she is funny. There are some hilarious lines She's like, great. as long as I have one arse, I'll wear what I want. Yeah. Um, I hate lawyers, I just work for them. <laughs> and my ultimate favorite one all you got lady is two wrong feet and fucking ugly shoes (laughs) i just love those moments where you put this brassy woman who dresses uh not not in any way modestly shall we say she's got a Um, unique garish fashion sense yeah and you put her in a room with these people who are kind of corporate suits who've been trained in a certain way they've had any kind of personality beaten out of them Mm. and you put her with them and it's just like uh, it's like cats and dogs it's it's like 
fire it's, and it's ice. How it's how I like, feel when I'm around corporate people. Yeah, and you want to say, say and they get say that things like stick out your butt. Let's touch. Let's touch base and uh, let's let's uh, let's connect. Going forward. Let's uh, yeah, going forward. What's the takeaway from this meeting? <laughs> what are the learns? Yeah. Oh and, god. And I just that's how I feel when I'm around those people. Usually, I feel like mm, there's a little part of me that gets my, my back up because I think, oh, I'm not. What's wrong with me? Yeah, I'm just like I'm not as successful as them, and I don't dress the same way. But then there's the other side that goes, well, obviously, I work in the creative industries, and fuck them. Yeah, fuck them where they are. There is that real divide, and that comes across really well in the film. It's about it's a part film of it is about fish out of water. It's fish out of water, and it's a film about the inverted commas little people. Yeah. So it's like that's why Erin is so great at talking to the locals because mm. she's kind of one of them. Uh, she said, there's a great, great quote where she says, it's kind of like David and what's his name. <laughs> yeah. And that's what makes her likable because she is us. She is the audience who has stumbled across this really quite remarkable case that nobody's really taking seriously and there are real lives at stake involved in it. Mm. And it's a real thing. This really happened. This PG&E, the Pacific Gas and Electric Company, they screwed over hundreds of people, you know, made them seriously ill yeah cancer you know all that great long list there Aaron, you know wheels off mm-hmm. reels off in the film it's just like a really interesting case and an interesting idea i think that's why it works because it's, a, it's an interesting case and then you throw this woman at it and or this character not not to sound disparaging you throw this character at this very interesting case and then you just kind of sit back and watch what happens and she's brilliant in it She's great. Julia Roberts is a genuinely brilliant actress. Yeah. But she's just done so much Shite. not great work, I was yeah. going to say. Like, she hit the jackpot in 1990 with Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. She then appeared in a series of duffs, like Sleeping with the Enemy, Hook, where she played Tinkerbell, oh, um, Flatliners. And then this was the same year. So Erin Brockovich was 1999. So it was the same year as this kind of... 2000. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I've got 1999 on oh, okay. IMDb. So it was just after Notting Hill, which couldn't be any more different. And it, it also was a milestone in terms of she got paid $20 million to do this film. For Erin Brockovich? Which is almost half the film's budget. Um, so she was the first woman to ever break through that barrier. Amazing. And, and she, what the film to do it on? Because yeah. it's all about female empowerment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like how I dress. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but she, she is phenomenal. And I haven't seen her do anything even close to this since. It's such a shame. It's, so is she not being given the the opportunities, or is she just not interested because she's you know she's got that money in the bank and that's it, boom, she's done. I'd love to know because you'd think that if anybody could find a film that a script that was deserving of her acting talents, then she would be the one to find it. Maybe she's just not chasing them enough, or what she's done in the last couple of years. She did that like wasn't she in Valentine? Oh, she was in Mother's Day. Was she in Mother's Day? She was is that Mother's one of Day. Those, like holiday, um, New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve. She was in that. She was in Eat, Pray, Love, which no one wants to watch. Um, And that's all I can think that I've seen her in. Oh, wasn't she in... She was in Larry Crown. She was in... I've heard of that. She was in August Osage County, which was... Oh, the Streep movie. The Streep thing. So she kind of got overshadowed by the Streep tree. Everyone does. Um, She was in Secret in Their Eyes, which was a remake of an Oscar-winning film. Um, And, like, that's kind of it, really. Like, she's just kind of just wafted around a bit and maybe she's happy maybe she's happy but what a loss for for films yeah 
because she is great. Like after she did Aaron Brockovich, she had a, a great small role again with Steven Soderbergh in Ocean's Eleven. Oh, she did, didn't she? Um, she played she was the. In... She played Clooney's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think so. Was that him? Oh, sorry, was that her? <laughs> <laughs> She's that good. She was Clooney. <laughs> when she was like, "You lied to me about being you. You're a thief and a liar. I only lied to you about being a thief." Is that uh, her or is that Catherine Zeta-Jones? She was in the second one, wasn't she? Zeta Jones. Yeah. Okay, so it's definitely it's Julia Roberts. Yeah, then. yeah. But he was having a, a great run. Like in two thousand, he did Erin Brockovich and he did Traffic. Yeah, and after that, he did uh, what? Ocean's Eleven. Um, yeah, and so I mean, Steven Soderbergh is one of these, another one of these insanely creative directors. Mm. Like he was Oscar nominated for writing Sex, Lies and Videotape, which he was his directorial debut in 1989. That was the big, the the film that defined Sundance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so the, the, the distance between that film and Aaron Brockovich is eight films. And this was kind of the first big thing. I think he kind of did some smaller films in between then. And then there was this, which was huge. And then it was Traffic and Ocean's Eleven. But he became one Um, of these filmmakers that did one for the studio Four indies for me. Yeah. Big studio picture, pays the bills, small indie picture for me. He's he's really diverse. Yeah. And he... I mean, he's gone off of late, but... Yeah. But he gives this film this kind of... It that he... The films that inspired this film for him, like tonally, were Rocky and All the President's Men, which Mm. is just completely up there on the screen. It's like a battle of wits and adversity and a kind of massive investigation. Um, But he gives this film like a really lovely kind of sepia tinged warm colorful feeling like murky browns and yeah sort of scummy yellows and but it always feels dirty greens but it doesn't feel like gritty in any way no, but it doesn't feel like a, it's it doesn't feel like a, a shiny happy sheeny um studio picture no it it feels like an indie picture yeah it does that just happens to have the most expensive actress mm. ever mm-hmm. right up there and has albert finney who is one of our greatest actors ever yeah um three-time oscar winner or something like i don't really give a shit about awards but you know over there that's how they they tell you you're really good they give you a yeah. gold statue so you know the, the the amount of talent in that film is not lacking and the fact that he makes it feel quite a a a small intimate mm. film is is a great um achievement the editing is 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 really brave the fact that instead of having like a a rocky montage it's not a rocky montage it's a series of telephone calls that if you're just listening and not watching it could be one telephone call but it's not mm. it's a series of calls where she's getting knocked back constantly like how uh, that scene in monster with charlie saron when she's trying to get jobs yeah it's like that there's, yeah. there's a weird parallel between this film and that I, I just for some reason in my mind they're linked even though this was a couple of years before monster right yeah yeah he also has this great confidence to just put the camera down and let the action take place in front of the camera it feels so naturalistic it does yeah, yeah. like when she's just walking up the street this is early on she gets in her car and then the camera pans and follows the car, and then the car gets hit. It's such, and a, that CGI is, is that's seamless, and it's, it's seamless. It's a real gasp out loud moment because yeah. you think, "Fuck, Julia Roberts has just been in a car accident." But also, I thought, "Ah, so is that what this?" Because I knew this film was about 
a a woman fighting against the man, mm. fighting against the system. Mm. I didn't know anything more than that. I didn't know the story. So I just assumed, oh, is it going to be one of those films that, you know, an injustice has been done to her and she now has to go and fight it through the courts. I was expecting a courtroom drama, mm. you know, with, with this woman who needs to find the strength and, you know, you know, like a prize fight, but in the courtroom. Didn't know it was going to be about the whole cancer thing and yeah so that that was a, a surprise to me because after she lost that case it was a real mystery to me like, but where what is this movie about and where is it going to go and then suddenly he sees her working in the office and he's like what is she doing here oh yeah. she works here and that's when you go ah right so this is what's gonna happen i really enjoyed the relationship between those two they're so good together that he starts off almost like he just wants he's the you know he's coming to the end of his 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 life he just wants, it's never mentioned, but you get the sense that he just wants a quiet life. He just wants to take the cases that are going to make him some money. Then he can probably close the business down. Or hand it over. Yeah. And he starts to learn from her. Yeah. When he's like, fuck you. No, yeah, fuck And he's you. like taking his tie off and he looks like, he's like, he's all pent up and he looks, he's happy. He's not angry. He's like, <laughs> yeah. fuck you. And he's like, he's, he's, he's almost like laughing. And, and in the end they become like really good friends and like he even tricks her like like saying yeah. you know i don't think you i think you you know i don't think the the amount you're i don't think you're worth the amount of commission that i decided and she's like well fuck you because i did the she's doing the big oscar it's almost like under he you know the, the filmmakers undermines that whole big oscar speech mm-hmm. like i deserve this because i'm you know <laughs> i'm an empowered woman and i did the work and you yeah. would normally expect that to be a moment in the film where you know, the string music comes yeah. in and everything swells up and she cries and he goes, okay, I'm giving you your empowerment because yeah. I'm a Hollywood man. But instead, he just silently lets she her get on with it. Then she looks down and realises she's not getting however many hundreds of, hundreds of thousands that she was promised. She's actually getting a check for two million. And yeah. he just sort of walks away and leaves and she's like, Thanks. That's Thank a great you. moment because she spent the entire film being really outspoken and having something to say at every t- every second. She's mm. got something sassy and funny, and uh, in you know true, and and she should be saying these things. And then suddenly she's met somebody who actually renders her speechless. Yeah, and it's just beaut as a beautiful way to end the film. Her boyfriend, the biker, Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. So two faced. It was really interesting that their roles reversed. She was going out mm. to work. He was staying home looking at the kids, but I still didn't get a sense of who he was. He wasn't in it enough. I wanted to know why he why he was so happy to stay at home and look after the kids. Where he where had he come from? Because he'd only just moved in early on in the film, and he's making all the noise with his bike. So where did he come from? Um, where's he going to go to because where, he disappeared where did he come from where did he go yeah where, where did he come from <laughs> <laughs> I want to know about Cotton Eye Joe <laughs> he but, gets but the, I um... didn't get the sense of who he was he was just which again it, in, in such a weird way role reversal it's great he's the wife he was he was the wife he was the the, the woman character who is the the most undeveloped character in the film and she is the one with all the nuance and, and the layers I still want to know who he was, much as that in when I watch other films, I want to know who the female character is who is so underdeveloped. Yeah, I think you may be right, but I think that you get enough of a sense of who he is. He's just kind of a nice, simple guy who likes her. I think that's basically 
And that's kind of enough for this film because it is her story. You know, in the cafe when the kid is like, Mum, can I have a cheeseburger without the cheese and the bread? Do you know who the waitress was? Go on then, tell me. That's Erin Brockovich. Oh. Yeah. I did know that. but Oh, did you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got. I ended up in the YouTube loop watching her interviews on Oprah. Oh, cool. I do. I wonder what Julia Roberts was like with her on that day on set, because basically she's just got paid $20 million to play this woman's story out. Yeah. So I wonder how much Erin Brockovich got. Actually, I think she, I think Erin Brockovich sold her story for about a hundred thousand. <laughs> so that's not, that's not 20 million, is it? Um, yeah. She got, I mean, Erin Brockovich, the real one, and also from the film, strikes me as someone who doesn't care so much about the money that she gets. No. As long as she can feed the kids and, you know, put food on the table. She's a, an activist and, you know, she's passionate about the things that she is um, campaigning for. And even just this year and then the, the past year, she was involved in the um, the, the water incident in, in Flint. Oh, where really? The, the systems were changed and all the the iron or the lead or something went into the water and everyone's water was coming out brown from the taps. Oh my God. So she was involved in this. So she's still this campaigning lady 20, 25 Superhero. years later. Um, she doesn't strike me as someone who, who gives a shit about the money. And in fact, one of the interviews that I watched, she said that her personality completely changed when fame hit her. She'd never had money before. She'd never had people wanting to talk to her in this way before she didn't know how to deal with it Hmm. her partner left her her friends were leaving her she had to really sit down and and think who am i and what do i want to achieve so i don't think she really gives a shit about the money as long as she can feed the kids yeah and also she is now a high-powered lawyer so she's not too concerned about money an actual lawyer so she's as opposed to just a legal assistant oh i don't know if she's full oh yeah maybe she's not because she was never a lawyer was she no she hates lawyers. She just works for one. Yeah, yeah, true. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Did you recognise Marg Helgenberger as Who's Donna? That? She's she's one of the women that. Um, oh, I thought you said Mark. Marg. Marg. Marg Helgenberger. Who's, who is that? So she's the woman from CSI. I never watched CSI. Oh, and she was in Species. Oh, I haven't watched Species in years. Oh, well, we won't add that to the list. Um, she broke my heart. She's the kind of strawberry blonde-haired woman whose kids were playing in the. In the pool in the backyard. Oh, the Jenkins. Jenkins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donna yeah, Jensen. Yeah, yeah. Jensen. Jensen. Yeah, she was you just You got $5 great. million. Dollars. Yeah, she was great. She just absolutely broke my heart. Yeah. So good. The fact that she believed the company. Like, but why would they... Why would they lie to me? Yeah. Why would the... But the results... But they paid for those results. And that... Those big companies do, lady. And that moment where she says, am I still a woman if I haven't got a uterus or my boobs? Yeah. And Aaron kind of says, well, actually, you're a happier woman. It's just really sweet and <laughs> like blackly funny. But yeah. but, she, but th- just that's how Aaron, the character in the film was. She just had this way of connecting with real working class people as yeah. opposed to the lawyer woman mm-hmm. with the, you know, the fucking ugly shoes ah. who goes over. And she she can't even get someone's attention because she's wearing a suit. Yeah. And, you know, she's... She's about 20 cows in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it just shows the difference between the two characters. As soon as that creepy guy came back on screen for the third time, I knew he was the smoking gun they were looking for. Ah. I totally missed him the first two times. Well, he was at the... He was at the the, the, the barbecue where he was like... I want your number. She's like, the information number's on, on there. He, he, she, she sort of backed him off. Yeah. And then the rally, he's sort of in, yeah. staring at her from across the room. <laughs> and then he's in, in the bar. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're not really sure if... He's yeah. really ambiguous. Yeah, he is. And she runs off and gets on the phone and you're and she says like i'm not sure if he was like coming on to me or something and probably still is but keep him talking yeah keep him talking keep him talking but yeah. string him string him, get him to tell his story i just love it when he's like turns out i'm a really bad employee <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't think i'd watch it again for a while it doesn't oh, really it's not i don't think it, it holds up for repeat viewings like that i've watched aaron brockovich a lot it was it was mine and my mine and my granddad's basically like go-to film it's really like a random film yeah, for us to really love random. but we used to watch it over and over again so whenever i watch Owen brockovich i always imagine my granddad watching it with me <laughs> so that was Aaron brockovich directed by steven soderbergh we want you to join the conversation tweet us your thoughts and your reviews and your film recommendations to at torn stubs pod even if you're listening to this way after we've released the podcast and let's keep talking tweet at us Leave us reviews on on, uh, iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. We love you a lot. We're off to buy some fucking ugly shoes. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut!